Was there more to the plan than let's quit our jobs and do something around real estate? How dialed in were you guys to the to the to the process or to the to the exact model that you wanted to do? Yeah, uh, man, I wish we were more dialed in. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and in some way, I wish we had known how hard it was going to be to build yeah. a startup. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate it. I appreciate you tuning in. If you're a longtime listener, thank you for that. I appreciate it. It's awesome that you keep coming back. That means you're getting something out of this and you're enjoying it and you're getting value. That's all I ask. That's awesome. If you're new to the show, Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can meet or exceed your expectations of what you are looking for in this show. So thank you for that. Guys, today we have a really, really good one for you. And I got to meet someone that I didn't know previously, which is always awesome. And his name is Lawrence Jankelo, and he is the co-founder of Avail. It's an all-in-one software solution designed for do-it-yourself landlords. So if you have rental properties and you're sick of paying your property management company or the software you're using is just kind of crazy, and bloated and too expensive, he has a solution for you. And prior to launching Avail, he spent several years in data analytics. So he's a smart guy, he's a tech guy, and they've created a solution that really, really makes sense for small investors. And uh, he's also a long-time, long-time real estate investor, so he gets what we do. He has a passion for three-unit properties, and I kind of got into that with him a little bit in the show. I was wondering why three-unit? That was an odd number to me. But turns out in the Chicago area, there's just three-unit properties are just a plenty. They're just every Everywhere. So that's really what he focuses in on. And uh, I really had a good time meeting him and talking to him and learning about his software and learning about him. He's originally from South Africa and uh, just, just a cool backstory. So looking forward to bringing that to you guys. And so without any further ado, I give you Lawrence Jankelo. All right, Lawrence, thank you for being on the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's cool to have you on. I'm excited about the conversation we're about to have. So thank you for doing this. And uh, yeah, man, just glad you're here. Yeah, it's a pleasure being here and excited to have a good discussion. Yeah, for sure. You're doing some exciting stuff and I, I can't wait to dive into all of that. But let's rewind a little bit. Talk a little bit about you before real estate. Uh, I know a little bit about your backstory, which is super interesting, uh, but let's kind of dial back a little bit and talk about where you came from and then how did you get into real estate and did you do anything prior to real estate and what did that look like? And, and then, you know, why? Obviously the big question, why real estate? Why did you get into this? Yeah, no, i um, happy to, to go back in time, you know, and reminisce to, uh, you know, I got, you know, got started in real estate early. So if I go back, it's still in there. Um, in college, I uh, had a friend, we were both taking real estate classes as a finance major. Um, and uh, there's one class in particular that we took and the professor in there said, hey, you know what? Uh, make sure you pay your property taxes. And if you don't pay property taxes, um, what ends up happening is the government auctions those off and you pay 36% interest on it per year and pay all these fees and penalties. Yeah. Um, all these private investors come in and they just eat you alive. Yeah. And uh, my buddy and I were like, that's really interesting. Uh, how, <laughs> how do I how be do the we, eater? Yeah. yeah, how do we be the eater? So you know, in college, we actually had invested in um, delinquent property tax lien certificates um, in which, you know, if an investor, if a homeowner or somebody doesn't pay, um, the government needs their funds. So what they do is they take it from an investor and they promise to help get that investor their money back. So we invested in that. Um, we did it specifically with mobile homes, um, which I think at the time was a pretty big niche. So we weren't competing against anyone. 
And um, so it was a really good intro for us to real estate and what you can do. And, um, you know, after graduating, we kind of dropped, both of us dropped real estate for a little bit. Um, I went on to do business and risk consulting here in Chicago um, for a large consultancy. Uh, left them, joined Goldman Sachs. Um, I was at Goldman Sachs for just over two and a half years, um, supporting their hedge funds and alternative investments, mostly around data analytics. Lucky enough for me with both those career paths, I was able to accumulate a little bit of money um, to buy my first three unit building here in Chicago. And so that's when I think got more into real estate in a, uh, a serious sense, more so than the property tax lien certificates. Yeah. Um, so I had, I'd been a do-it-yourself landlord uh, managing those properties for five, six, seven years. Um, and then, you know, that same buddy who started the tax lien certificate thing with me said, hey, why don't we um, quit our jobs and do some sort of startup, maybe around real estate. <laughs> he was managing rental properties too. And so, okay. yeah, we quit, we quit our jobs and said, look, we'll wow. go, we'll go build something for ourselves. Now, just, was there more to the plan than let's quit our jobs and do something around real estate? How dialed in were you guys to the, to the, to the process or to the, to the exact model that you wanted to do? Yeah, uh, man, I wish we were more dialed in, <laughs> you know, and, and in some way I wish we had known how hard it was going to be to build yeah. a startup. Um, we had, we initially, we had done this because look, we had these rental properties. Um, I had three at the time. I have six now and he had two single family homes. And, you know, we were using Excel to manage them. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had a rent roll in Excel, I had rental applications where I would merge cells together, make them look pretty, print it out, hand it to a tenant. Um, yeah. Excel was my main tool. And yeah. uh, even today, I still love Excel, but yeah. um, it's not appropriate if you want to be a real landlord and, and try to grow that business and, and manage it professionally. So, you know, we set out to let's try to replace Excel and do things that professionals would do. And um, when we looked at the landscape and looked for software, um, we saw stuff like Yardi, you know, starting price might be $10,000 a month. And that was more than my gross rents. So, um, yeah. you know, we thought at that time, Hey, it makes sense. Let's quit our jobs, build the software for ourselves. Um, and then, you know, now it's been seven years of building and it's a lot harder to Okay. Built something from scratch, and I think we had really given credit to it. Yeah. So you answered one of my questions. I think I was going to say, how long ago did you did you quit your job? Was it was ten years? Is that the right number? Yes, yeah, I'd say seven years, roughly okay. seven eight years. Okay. When we did it, you know, we we thought we'd be able to find like engineering help. So like an engineer might come in, take some equity, do it for free. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. wasn't the case at all. We couldn't okay. find anyone. To, so we actually spent the first two years teaching ourselves to code. No And then kidding. we wrote. Yeah, we wrote the first 500, 600,000 lines of code ourselves. Oh my goodness. So, okay, let me ask some questions that I guarantee are going rattling through the head of the listeners right now because they're rattling through my head. I have rentals too. I've got 20 rentals right now. I've, I'm constantly buying and selling. Right now I'm kind of in a selling phase, but that's a different story. But I'm, I've got about 20 at any given time. Why not just go to a property management company? Why even screw around with this? Give them their yeah, 10% no. or whatever. Great question. Um, unfortunately, 10% is a ton of money to give someone. Yeah. You know, you think about what margins you make on rental properties and you know, when you're buying a lot of people are happy with a six, 7% cap rate or 7% cash on cash, that's your margin. The second you get a property manager, you've wiped away your margins. You're not making money on the property anymore. Maybe you're hoping for appreciation, uh, right. but you're certainly not taking cash in anymore. You're just sitting on it. And um, as a business owner myself uh, with my rental properties, I'm, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have to have put all of this equity in to only give the cash out to someone else. And for a lot of do-it-yourself landlords, especially those with only one or two units, the economy of scale isn't there right. where you can make it back on the maintenance or something like that. So um, unfortunately, the vast majority of landlords have to do it themselves. Okay. So let's back up a little bit because I know you're from uh, South Africa, right? Originally. Um, yes. Uh, Johannesburg area, I think, if I remember remember my my notes. 
Very cool. By the way, I went, I don't know if you can see it, you probably can't see it. I went to South Africa. I'll <laughs> oh, forget it. It's back there. It's Call a big, me. big uh, ostrich <laughs> egg uh, that I got. I went to a, a reserve uh, in South Africa, a game reserve. It was very, very cool. Best experience of my life. It was so awesome. You do not have any South African accent, though, I noticed that that's completely gone. If you had it at any point, it's totally gone. It's yeah, no way to know, which is a very cool accent, by the way. I was kind of like, I wonder if he's going to have that accent. Those guys One down there. Of, yeah. One of the biggest regrets of my life, we moved here right as, you know, just before puberty and, okay. um, for me. And I think yeah. that's when you, you harden your accent, you keep it, you lose it. I lost it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I should have practiced it or tried to maintain <laughs> It's a super cool <laughs> accent, by the way. Um, yeah. Okay. So you did that. You came here. Now, I, I, in the notes, I, I have this in my notes and then you have already said it. And I'm just, I'm very curious. You seem to be dialed into three unit multifamilies, which is awesome. But why is, why not? Two unit, why not four unit, why not 10 unit? Why is three the number that you, you seem to key on? Yeah, you're talking about me specifically. Yeah, you specifically, uh, like, yes, yes. Yeah, um, so I like three unit buildings. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of reason. Part of it is just based on where you are. I'm in Chicago. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of three unit, beautiful brownstone and graystone buildings in Chicago. Okay. They're 100 years old. That's what's plentiful here. Okay, but okay. Also, the math, the math has to be there for you to be a good investor. Um, you don't really want to buy a single unit condo or a single family home because in those cases, you're competing with emotional buyers who will raise the price and now you're not really making that much money. And to buy a 20 or 30 unit building, you know, I don't have the finances or credibility to, to get the finances for something of that size just yet. So okay. you tend to kind of fall into that that middle ground. Okay, fair enough. How do you evaluate? How do you look at a, a rental property? What is your criteria? How do you How do you break that down to know whether or not it's something you want to invest in? Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to look at the numbers the best I can. Um, we try to factor in some deferred maintenance. So some of the numbers I look at specifically is cash on cash return. I think that to me is the most important. Um, this may seem sound cliche, but I really stick to what Robert Kiyosaki had said in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, you want cash coming in. Um, that's how you define it as an asset. And so I look at rentals as, is this going to put money in my pocket at the end of every month? And um, how much money is that relative to how much I had put in on the initial investment? And if it's over a certain percentage, then I'm willing to invest. For me, that percentage is comparable to what I might get elsewhere. Okay. So um, okay. as long as it's getting me a cash and cash return higher than other opportunities I tend to, and I, I'm interested in it. Got that it. might be around 10% for me. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. So as a, as a landlord that you're managing your own properties, you have software and we're going to get into that a little bit in a minute here, but um, just how do you, how do you manage? And this is probably one of the biggest deterrents, I think for a lot of people, once you get past money, let's just assume they can, they can borrow the money or whatever they have the money. They don't want to get calls about leaky faucets and blacked up toilets at eight o'clock, 10 o'clock mm -hmm. at night. Like, how do you deal with those DIY, those issues that tenants invariably have? Yeah, I don't. Um, so I've got the six units, uh, had them for a while, and I've never received a phone call past midnight. Uh, 10 o'clock maybe at night, but very rare. Um, I tend to find that the landlords who get the 10 p.m. phone calls are the ones who leave the property with a lot of deferred maintenance. Okay. So if you if you don't take care of the property, then yeah, you're gonna get 10 o'clock calls because it's constantly breaking. Right. Um, if you're if if you're worried about that, you should definitely buy a place that has less deferred maintenance. Or if 
um, it does, then the first thing you should do is try to fix everything up uh, at the start so that you're not getting those calls. And um, that's what we've done with the six units. Uh, we've immediately gone in and fixed everything. And I I've never get calls on stuff breaking. Okay. So you go in, I, and I know a lot of landlords, obviously, who uh, <laughs> who do the bare minimum, right? They're, they're just sort of making it good enough kind of a thing. And then like you said, they have these calls. And I know landlords that go in and do full-on renovations. Like It looks like they're flipping it. It's beautiful when they're done. And their argument is always, I won't have to, I'll never get, I won't get a call of anything significant for 20 years because I put in a new furnace, new air conditioning, new roof, like the whole deal, right? So it's like all of the big stuff is taken care of and accounted for. Um, is that is that what you do? I mean, do you go in and make those big, even like the furnace is 15 years old, right? Probably has another 10 years potentially. Like, do you just rip it out and put a new one in preemptively or do you wait? I mean, it depends on the, it depends on what it is. It's like, if I think a furnace has 10 years left in it, no, I probably won't rip it out. Um, but it also is helpful to know someone um, so that if it does happen, you can get them there quickly. So in the cases for some like furnaces and ACs, I have a subscription service to uh, a heating and cooling company that comes in each quarter to uh, do preventive maintenance. And then they tell me, hey, it's likely going to break this quarter. We'll be ready um, or okay. it's not going to break. And so you want something and that's like 50 bucks a month for three units. Um, oh, it's wow. cheap. They come in, they replace the air filters, but also prolongs it. So if it was going to be 10 years, now it will be 15. Right. Um, so and then it depends. I, I tend to look at you know are the sinks and stuff quality um you, know, you turn on the faucets is there a small drip underneath a lot of landlords may see a tiny drip and say you know forget it that's good enough um not me I mean, that's where i'll draw the line because i don't want that to happen i know a small drip is going to cause a major problem eventually and i yeah. don't want to have to deal with that call and then all of the extra cost that now comes in with it so i'll look around for those things yeah um, and fix those things up front yeah, um, as far as like major re major remodels i'll you know there's cheap things you can do to the bathrooms and kitchens that make it look really good um so you can get a little bit more rent get a higher quality tenant if, if you want to define it quality in a way um and then you know those those kinds of tenants also tend to have less requests too so yeah. um we do we do put a lot of lipstick on our properties as well but the on the mechanics behind it are still good okay talk to me a little bit about some of the mechanics of like with with what you're doing i know you have six units my guess is that you're creating systems and processes that are repeatable and people kind of understand the process what are some of those systems and processes that you put in place like how do you make it as easy and hands-off as possible aside from obviously doing a good job on the front end with the repairs and things like how do you then systemize the rest of it yeah well, i'll ignore the software that we built for a second okay. um, because all that does is automate some of the processes okay. um the you you want those processes regardless of whether you're using software or not so you know i tend to think of the operational side of being a landlord is you have to find tenants um, and you have to know where to go. You have to have, know what you're, what, how you're going to describe the property. Um, that's really important. You, you want to obviously try to reach out to as many tenants as possible. A lot of landlords still use yard signs out there um, and rely on that. And that's not going to get you enough. Yeah. Um, a lot of landlords also leave like trying to find new tenants to the last minute. So for me, the process I have in place is, um, you know, 12 weeks before a lease expires. That's when I'll start working with the current wow. tenants to say, do you want to renew? So that's three months of yeah. runway before the next one. And I give them about 30 days to decide, are you going to renew or do? Um, and then it, at the end of that 30 days, I've got eight weeks left. Um, and if they haven't renewed, then I'm moving forward. 
And what I'll start doing is creating a listing on various websites. Um, And, you know, you want something thoughtful, something provoking. Photos are super important. Um, But once you've got all of those, you got them for life. So, you know, take high quality photos, write a high quality description, and I'll spend the next four weeks basically finding a tenant. Oftentimes I'll have a new tenant signed the lease within a week or two. Um, so I'll have six, seven weeks before the tenants even move out. Um, so how do, and you, move in. how do you handle showing the, the play or do you show it while someone's living there? Yeah, well, certainly, uh, you know, with the pandemic stuff has changed a little right. bit. So I'll ignore that for a minute. I normally do the showing. Okay. Um, the way I'll try to do it is I'll just carve out four hours on a Saturday. Um, and then I have tenants pick a 15 minute block of time to come see it. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so I also don't like doing open houses. I want them to be able to come in, see it, imagine living there unobstructed from other people okay. kind of viewing it. So I'll set four hours. I'll probably show 13 people in a four hour period the place. Um, Does the usually current tenant end, is there? Are the current tenants there or no? They're not, no, they're not okay. usually there. Okay. Uh, they're usually good about it and they'll go do something. Oftentimes I'll actually give them like a $25 gift card to a restaurant um, yeah. so they can go get lunch or something like that. I think that helps. And it also incentivizes them to clean up a little bit. Sure. Um, so I'll do the showings. I often sometimes have applicants in that first showing and then I don't need to do others. So um, that really requires that you get a lot of leads. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to find a great place to post your listing, um, obviously. And then I'll have an, a rental application ready to go um, with all the questions I want. Uh, mine's online. Um, and then, you know, I've used it every single time. The very first time is when I created it and you don't have to create it again. So you want a strong rental application. You want to know where you're going to get a credit report from, uh, where you're going to get an eviction report from, those things. And if you've lined those up, your whole screening process is super simple. Yeah. Um, I have in the past, if I couldn't make showings, I have had the tenants who who are currently there to do it for me. Hmm. Um, and what I'll usually do there is I'll, I'll usually offer to get um, our cleaning service, it'd be a hundred bucks, come in and clean up. Um, and then they would show the unit. So they get a benefit because they get a nice clean unit. They still got eight weeks left of living there. So they, they feel really good about it. And then they show the unit. Um, and that's worked in the past. With the pandemic now, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, I've done some virtual tours. I've also just been there with a box of masks and let them take one of the, the disposable masks. So what is your thoughts on the COVID thing? We've talked about it a few, you've mentioned a few times, it kind of changing things a little bit. What what do you think this is going to look like going forward? How are you planning on handling this, assuming it doesn't go away in a few months? We have to deal with this prolonged for a while, right? How, how do you plan on dealing with that as a landlord? Yeah, well, I actually saw that. So of the six units, five of my tenants renewed. Okay. So, which is a lot higher than normal. I think normally it's half renewed, half don't. Uh, okay. So slightly higher. Um, and I think that's happening nationwide. We actually see it in our own software data. We're seeing just renewals um, at all time highs. Okay. Um, we're also seeing month to month leases uh, happening uh, where it expired, but now they just go month to month until the pandemic's over. So we're, we're seeing that in the data. It's just a lot. Um, once the pandemic's over, I imagine things return back to normal. People do want to see the place in person. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be able to move, you know, on average every 18 months, 24 months. So I think it's going to return back to normal uh, in the next year and a half. Yeah, probably. Agreed. So I want to dial back a little bit because you talked about having six units and, and you left your job and you guys created the software, which we're, we are going to get the software because I think it's really interesting and I want people to be able to hear about it. But real quick, last subject before we dive into that, because this is always the question. I told you one of the, the two objections that I hear when it comes to buying rentals is I don't want to deal with the tenants and I how do you how do you get the money for it, right? Can you talk a little bit about some of those strategies that you've used and, and people you know that people use, right, that you've seen in your industry to, to actually buy rentals and hold on to property? Yeah, well, I'll actually address the first one part of that, um, which is I don't want to deal with people or tenants. I actually find, because um, I've used the property manager in the past, 
I actually find that working with my tenants is more seamless than going through a property manager. Okay. Um, I find that the property managers are never aligned with what I'm trying to do, you know, and for what I'm paying for, I'm paying essentially for tools and a process that I could just have on my own. Yeah. Um, and I, I find that with the maintenance and all of those other things, I'm constantly double checking them. Um, I'm constantly finding that they're overpaying. Uh, I've just never felt good about the property manager side of it. And yeah. working with my tenants, their incentives are aligned with me. They want someone in there quickly, um, cheaply. They just want it resolved. So I, I feel like to me, that's better. You're dealing with some people regardless. It's either the tenant or a property manager. And I feel, right. feel like I can trust my tenants better. As right. far as finding and buying places, um, I think if, if you're new and you haven't started investing yet, um, house hacking is probably the way to go, right? You, you get the two unit or three units and you live in one of them. Yep. You get the preferential treatment on the mortgage, the insurance, all of those things. Um, and then, you know, getting your second, if you, let's say you do have a rental, getting the second property is also hard because banks don't start looking at your investment income as income until you get to your third or fourth property. Hmm. Um, and they just discount it. They're like, oh, you're getting rent for this. Eh, that's not part of your income. Yeah. And so then they look at your your risk profile and you can't get it. It's not till the third building, I'd yeah. say. And so that's something to be aware of as, yeah. as you start thinking about your your uh, your portfolio and how you want to grow. It's going to take it's going to take a while for that curve to kick off if you're trying to get to 100 units or something. Yeah, that is the thing about renting that I've always thought there is an economy of scale there. There is something to like one rental is kind of, in my opinion, and I know people disagree, but one rental is kind of not great, right? It's kind of death because <laughs> just vacancies and repairs, like you're just, it's probably never going to be a money making proposition unless you just got some fantastic deal that rents for insane amounts. But it is not until you get into the two to five somewhere in there where it starts becoming kind of a something that makes sense. So I get it from the bank's perspective. Like they know that that place can be vacant for two or three months and that wipes out your income. So that makes total sense. So let's let's dive into it. You you created and, and you guys, uh, you and your buddy started a, a company. You quit your jobs. Let's do something around the real estate and you know, the real estate world, which uh, I love that. I love that like aggressiveness. I, I'm all about it. So tell me about the the software that you created. What does it do? Who is it for? Why should someone be interested? Let's Let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, well, I love talking about our software. So great. Um, <laughs> you know, we originally built it for ourselves uh, as like, how do we manage our properties and um, still have our full-time jobs? Because you know, what we found is a lot of landlords don't even view themselves as landlords. They're part-time, especially yeah. when you've got less than two new, 10 units, which is our target audience at this point. Um, you know, they're typically a doctor or a lawyer or a banker or anybody, right? right. A restaurant owner. Um, and they just happen to have one, two or three units. And um so we, you know, we were like that. So we built it for ourselves. We said, Hey, what can we do to just help them know what process they should follow and then automate that process? Cause we, when we interviewed landlords, uh, we were seeing that something like 60% of them don't screen their tenants. You know, they may do a rental application, but they don't do the credit report, background wow. check, criminal check, um, which is crazy to me. Cause I feel like that's where all the risk is, is on the tenant screening side. Yeah. Um, they, they're, they're still collecting checks. Um, some of the sophisticated landlords would, you know, give their account and routing number to the tenant and then say, Hey, go to the bank and deposit it here. Yeah. Of course, then you're getting account and routing number information out. So, um, so we set out to say, Hey, look, we want to build something that's going to help with the operational side, the day-to-day -day tasks of being a landlord. So, you know, we talked about earlier, um, you have to find tenants. Um, so you get a large enough quantity of tenant leads to fill a vacancy. So the very first thing we built was create a listing with us. Now we know tenants aren't on avail looking at stuff. Yeah. So what we do is we take that listing and we syndicate it for uh, the landlord. So we'll put it on Zillow, truly a hot pads, apartments.com, Zumper, 
um, 20 different websites. And uh, because we're going to so many places, uh, we'll oftentimes get a landlord 20 leads in that first week, um, which is overwhelming to some degree, but um, saves that landlord a ton of time rather than creating a listing on 10 websites and logging in and having all of it filtered to email. All those leads come right into avail and you can kind of manage them um, in one place. Um, And then one button click to request the application and all the screening reports. Um, And we built everything in a way where it helps the tenant as well. Like we're very tenant conscious as well. So when the tenant authorizes a credit report or background check with us, it's actually a soft inquiry. doesn't impact their credit score. We uh, allow them to maintain control over what data they're sharing and sending. They can revoke it if they want to at some point, Um, as opposed to a paper application. Once you've given it, you can't ever get it back. Yeah. Um, and then on the lease side, we saw that, you know, for us, we paid a lawyer 500 bucks for our first lease. And a year later, it was um, already not, uh, you couldn't use it anymore because the laws had changed. And so we're like, oh, uh-huh. do we pay another 500 bucks? Laws are changing all the time. Yeah. So um, as soon as you, you have a lease, it's already out of date. Um, and so we said, hey, we're going to create uh, standard leases for all the states and most of cities so that they're city specific um, ordinance compliance. Um, and we really? update those annually. And we update those annually. And so, so- so you guys have leases that will that will work in any any state? Yeah, any state and okay. um, the top sixty cities. Okay. So we'll have like, for instance, we're in Chicago. So we have an Illinois lease and a Chicago lease. Okay. Because on top of Illinois, there are some Chicago specific things. Okay. Um, and so you, you would take that Chicago lease, you could customize it if you want, uh, but ultimately it's just there. And then tenants and landlords, they just sign it digitally, which has worked out great for this pandemic because people don't want to be sending um, papers yeah. back and forth in the mail or meeting in person. So it is all signed digitally. And then we update those leases every year so that you don't have to go back and, and worry, is this lease still compliant? It's just automated. Gotcha. Uh, and then we allow tenants to pay their rent online. So they'll, you know, after they sign their lease, um, they add their bank account or they add a credit card and they pay their first month's rent security deposit and then each month they can log in or they can set up auto pay. Right. So we run the full gambit of kind of all the operational stuff. Nice. And you said you're targeting folks with less than 10 rentals. Right now that's your that's kind of your your avatar for your client. That's right. Okay. Um, now, is that specifically because you feel like that's sort of the, the the area where where you're experiencing the pain? Like someone who has a hundred rentals, like there's just mm-hmm. other solutions that are make sense for them. But this is for the person who doesn't want to pay that that property management company, but they don't have five thousand dollars a month to pay to some software, right? Like so, what? So let's talk about that for, uh, because if people are listening and interested, that's the first question, right? How does this work? What, what am I going to pay? What does it cost? How does that all work? So let's let's get into that so we can kind of solve that question right away. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of price, it's actually free. Oh, so, okay. Well, uh, that's that's the any, perfect price, actually. Yeah, we, we think so. Any landlord with any number of units can actually use our software. So, if there's a hundred unit landlord out there, uh, it's going to work great for them. Okay. okay. Um, but it's designed for people with less than ten. So you, you'll see we've made some UX and UI choices to help the smaller landlords, and th- okay. those landlords tend to not have a defined process. So we help implement one for them that is um, going to be a little more sophisticated and and get them in the right direction. So entirely free for them. Um, we do have some areas where there are fees. So we do charge $55 for the screening reports, um, okay. which includes like the, the rental application. We do automatic reference checks. So we'll reach out to the prior landlords for you. Oh. Um, it includes the credit report, background check, um, eviction check, all that's included for the $55. Wow. Um, and then the tenants typically pay that. So for the landlord, they can do their entire business on this for free. Okay. So is that the revenue model? Is that that $55? Is that, is that it? Or because you guys, this yeah, is a no, business. I know. Like, right? I don't want to pull the curtain back too far, but I mean, I'm. It's you're, you're making me curious, which I'm sure you're making everyone curious. Like, how could that possibly be the model? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that probably accounts for around 30, 40% of our revenue. Okay. Uh, we do have a subscription model for some um, advanced features. So if, um, for instance, with rent payments, typically there's a process over three business days. Yeah. So if you, if for some reason you said, hey, like that's not fast enough. I need, when my tenant pays it, I don't want to wait three days. And we wait three days so it clears, you yeah. know, banks. Yep. Um, but if you want it faster, um, then there's a $5 per month charge okay. um, that we do. So we, we make about another third of our revenue off of that. Um, and then we do have some corporate sponsors as well. So um, we work with um, a company called Lemonade. All of our leases require renters insurance. Okay. And um, so we partnered with Lemonade. When a tenant signs a lease, it's one button to add the insurance to that lease. Okay. Um, and then that's wrapped into their their monthly rent payment and everything. Oh. So it's it's really seamless. They don't leave the website. They don't have to refill out any yeah. forms. We've got all the info. So that's um, slick. So we we make we make some money on those kinds of right. partnerships. We have the same thing with movers as well. Okay. So there is no there is no gotcha here. There's no like well, you can get most of the features, but really it's hard to run your, it's hard to really manage your rentals without this one feature and you have to pay for that. Like it's, it is free and there's theoretically, well, no, not theoretically, realistically, you don't have to, the, the landlord isn't never going to pay anything necessarily if you don't need those rent payments to be like faster than three days, mm-hmm. which I personally can't imagine why you would need them faster than that. But, um, but assuming you can wait those three business days, there's no other fees or any features that you have to unlock that are going to be critical to have, but you don't get it with the free version. Yeah, there's nothing that prevents you from running your business. Yeah. There are some other things besides fast pay that they might upgrade for, but okay. honestly, um, not required. I think they yeah. have a, an incredible experience even without those things. Okay. There's no gotchas. It yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. You know, part of the reason for that is we look at the marketplace, there's 44 million rental units in the United States. Um, 24 million of those units are owned by landlords with less than nine units. So, and the interesting thing is they're not in the phone book. You can't go out and just yeah. call them. So you've got to have a product that's easy for them to adopt. doesn't have price barriers right. so that you can, you can get them. And I think once you're able to get a significant amount of do-it-yourself landlords, there's 8 million of them. Once you get a significant amount, you can add so much more value to them than you can if you only have a few. So yeah. removing that price barrier is ultimately going to provide the most value for everyone. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Like who, just if you don't mind, I know I, nobody likes mentioning their competitors and you mentioned a few, but who are the people that you compete against that you know that you're better than them? Like who, who out, who, and the reason I'm asking this is I'm not asking you just to give up your competition to make people go, oh, maybe I'll try them. But there, people are using them. Like who are people using that they should maybe come and look at you if they're using this, this software because you know that you can beat them. Yeah, uh, this might be uh, nitpicking a little bit. Maybe it's the business major in me. So there's competitors, but then there's also alternatives. Yeah. So I'd say Excel is an alternative to what we do. Um, obviously, it's a very poor alternative, right? Excel's yeah. not giving you a credit report. It's not automating your rent. No. But um, that's what most landlords are doing. They're using pen, paper, they're receiving checks and recording it in Excel. Yeah. Um, or they're not doing anything at all. So that's really what we're trying to fix. Okay. As far as competitors, none of us really have a huge amount of market share. I'd say the the one that we talk about the most is Cozy. Okay. Um, originally also designed for small do-it-yourself landlords. They've never had, really had the leasing component and they missed a whole bunch of other features. Um, the features they do have, I can swear that ours is significantly better. They yeah. recently got they recently got bought by apartments.com. Okay. Um, so it seems like they're definitely moving more upstream, focusing on larger and larger yeah. landlords and, and then starting to come away from the smaller ones. It's a hard market to go after, so I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, and then I'd is. say Tur- Turbo Tenant's another one who Turbo just tenant. does tenant screening. Okay. Yeah. Is is Buildium kind of more upstream? Are they someone who's dealing with much bigger portfolios? Yeah, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'd say Buildium is probably more like a hundred unit average landlord yeah. size. Okay. okay. I don't know that for sure, but uh, yeah. 
That's the only one I even know about because that's who my, I have property managers. That's who they use, but they're, they're managing thousands of rentals. It's Mm -hmm. not the same. Um, Awesome. In that same, in that same vein as Appfolio, probably as a competitor to Buildium, but they're just, you know, those starting prices might be 200, 300 bucks a month. Right. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think people go to some of these tools that are bigger that they hear about and they're paying a couple hundred bucks a month, whatever, two, 300 bucks a month. And they're thinking, well, this is just what it is. Like, this is just the cost of, of doing it myself. Right. But that's what I'm kind of trying to articulate here is that yes, you you might be paying up hundred bucks and maybe it's doing the job, but you can get something that doesn't cost you anything that maybe even is more suited to you, right? It, it, it's not a, maybe a bigger brand, but it, it might actually be tailored to you a little bit better, right? It's not necessarily an un, one size fits all. Maybe, maybe the alternative is coming to you guys, coming to avail and doing, getting something that was actually created for a, a smaller landlord. So that's something I think people should consider for sure. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a thirty-person team who exclusively thinks about landlords with nine and fewer units. You know, <laughs> that's good. That's good to know too. That was a question I should have asked, and I didn't. How many people are on your team? Because the last thing you want is to buy, and I've done this by software where it's like one or two people, right? And maybe they're not even doing it full time. So there's mm-hmm. nothing but customer service nightmares when you have that. But you've got a team obviously dedicated to this, so that's fantastic. Where can people go to find out about it? If the people are like, "Hey, I need to find out about the software. I want to go check it out." Where can they go? Yeah, I mean, ideally, just straight to the website, self-service. Okay. It's free. So avail.co, A-V-A-I-L.co. Um, that's a great way to just peruse the marketing pages. They'll see a chat widget if they want to chat with somebody. Okay. Uh, we have live chat team. We've got, there, there's a phone number there if they want to talk to a human being. Um, we provide phone service seven days a week. So okay. um, awesome. we're there. Come, come chat with us. Avail.co. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, is there anything else you want to cover before we end this? This was awesome. I, I really appreciate your time and I'm really intrigued by the software because I have 20 units, but I'm still a small landlord. And, and I'll be honest with you, there's times where, you know, I, I catch my property management company paying ungodly amounts because I'm also a house flipper. Like they're paying ungodly amounts for things that I know should be a lot cheaper. But because I'm busy and because I don't have time to deal with it, they'll email me and go, hey, will you approve this, you know, $1,500 plumbing issue? And it's like, what? Did they replumb the whole house? Like, what did they do here? And sometimes I just have to go do it because I'm just too busy, right? So, I, I you know, I catch my land, my uh, property management company doing some of the same things you're talking about. I know other people do too. And if you have the, you know, the 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 thought that maybe you could do better and it doesn't have to be so expensive, then I think going with your software is is a, a place they should look. So avail.co, check that out. Lawrence, man, I, this is totally cool. I really appreciate you coming on here and spending the time with me. Uh, I know you have a lot going on. I'm really excited for you guys and your in your software because I think it sounds fantastic. And I know that people are going to go check it out from listening to this. And uh, yeah, just thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this was great. Thank you so much for having me on and, and then let me talk about our business. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it, man. I love talking I love talking real estate and I love talking solutions to problems because that's exactly what it is. And I think landlords sometimes have pain points and, and a lot of those can be alleviated with this. So thanks again for doing this and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much. All right. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I had a good time talking to Lawrence, finding out about his business. And I love that he's creating solutions for landlords with not tons of properties, although it does work with bigger portfolios like he talked about. But I love that he's looking for solutions for the little guy, right? Somebody who's kind of starting out and doesn't have a couple hundred dollars to spend on some other software or just doesn't see the you know, the economies of scale that you get when you go to a property management company when there's tons and tons of, of uh, rentals in your portfolio. If you just have a small couple of rentals and you wanna do it yourself and you need a solution that really caters to you, 
this sounds like a good solution, guys. I would go check him out. I thought he's a, he's a good dude, smart guy, and uh, I really had a good time interviewing him and learning about what he's doing in his business and how he's solving solutions for real estate investors like you and me. So enjoy that. Hope you guys enjoyed it. But listen, you know nothing is going to happen unless you get out there and get started. So go out there, get started, make that offer, get that first property under contract, get those renters and renters in there and, uh, and start your rental portfolio if that's what you want to do. But it doesn't happen until you get out there and go for it. So get out there and go for it. Make today the best day ever. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Okay, you're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, level jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words just start as two words now just start to the number five five four 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 so text just start to five five four 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 I will send you a free digital download of my book it's the complete book there's nothing held back and that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me and I really really appreciate it guys so I want to do something nice for you I do this every once in a while at the end of shows and if you listen to the very end every once in a while I do a giveaway like this so hopefully you enjoy that go grab a free copy I hope you read it I hope you love it reach out let me know what you think all right guys talk to you next time